we doing today? <laughs> Good. So glad to be here today. Who's excited to be here today? Yeah. Amen. That's right. That is right. We have come to gather together to unify and to worship our God together. Why don't we stand today? I'm going to pray for us this morning. And then I want you to go find somebody that you don't know, somebody new, somebody you haven't seen in a while, and just hug their neck and say, how are you? I love you. Okay. God, we just, we invite your presence here today, God. You alone are worthy of our praise. You alone are worthy of our worship today, God. We offer it all unto you. God, you are just so awesome. We love you. We thank you for being here with us today. Just move mightily among your people today, God. Open our eyes and our ears, our hearts, God, to learn something new from you today. Just show up in an incredible way. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Go around to somebody this morning. And say hello. Sing it out. Who can stop the Lord? 
can stop the Lord? Come on, sing it out with us. Sing it out. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord? Hey! Our God is the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. His blood breaks the chains. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Nobody. Man, that is, that is heavy. Like, that is the God we serve. That is the God that is on your side today. Isn't that mind-blowing? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Nobody. And that is who is for you. If he is for you, who can be against you? Nobody. incredible the God we serve you know there's been a lot of um, things going on in our church with our people and I just I am heartbroken but at the same time almost righteously angry, if that makes sense, because I know the God that I serve, and I know what, what he's capable of doing, and that anything that tries to come against us is powerless. Like, the amount of power that the enemy has to come against us is, like, smaller than your pinky nail. And the God that we serve is so loving and so kind and so powerful. And all he wants is to draw us onto himself so that when we come to him with our burdens, when we come in here so weary, he's here with open arms. And all we have to do is just take a step toward him, take a step into who he is today. He is so wonderful and I pray that today, if you're carrying that burden, if you're carrying something that's so overwhelming, that is almost, it's, it's, you, you can't even, you can't, you can't even fathom dealing with it anymore. Our God is bigger than that. 
if you feel like you're on your last leg and you just barely made it in here today, if there's something coming against you, something coming against your family, who can stop the Lord Almighty? Nobody. Is there anything too strong for our God? No. If our God is for us, who can be against us? No one. Nothing. That is what is standing between you and God today. Nothing. He's here right now. Just close your eyes today. Just close your eyes. I'm going to pray over you. God, just... I pray that your spirit today, God, would just wash over us like it never has before, God. God, today that we would just... Settle, settle in the faith that we have in you. That a boldness and a courage would rise up today. That we would know who you are in our life. That we would know that there was nothing separating us. Nothing can stand against us when we have you. There is nothing too hard for you. So we lay it all at your feet right now, God. We give it all to you right now. We just invite you here today, Lord. We thank you, Jesus.
close your eyes right now. Just focus on who he is today. Push in his presence today. God, fill this place.
want to pray for a couple that she's 27 weeks pregnant and they're doing a C-section at noon. She has preeclampsia and some other issues and um, her name is Pule and his name is Carlos. We want to pray for them and we want to pray for you. And you're going to hear more from Mark and Julie. I gave it away. Sorry. It was in the moment. Um, you're going to hear more from Mark and Julie about their story about Brooklyn. And um, right now, wherever you're at, just take that as an example of God is just waiting to meet you wherever you're at. So if you're going through it, if you need prayer right now, just raise your hand. Somebody's going to come and put their hand on you. And somebody's going to pray with you. And somebody's going to believe with you. And we're going to believe for this couple that's young and it's their first baby and they're nervous. But we're going to believe that everything's fine. We're going to believe that God is with them, just like he was with Brooklyn and the Mitchells. And that God, the God we serve, I don't know how else to say it. He's just there for you wherever you're at. Wherever you're at right now, he's there. So God, so raise your hands if you want prayer. You don't even have to tell people. God knows people are going to surround you. They're going to love you. They're going to pray with you. They're going to agree with you. And we're going to pray. God, we thank you that you are a God of miracles, God that no matter what we are going through, God, that you are there, that you are walking with us, God, that you are present, God, that we just have to invite you in. We just have to give up our own will and be like, God, I can't do this on my own, God, but I know that you are there, God. I need you. I need you. So, God, we invite you into every situation today. God, people with their hands up, people not with their hands up, God, whatever they're going through, God, we invite you in to their situation. And we pray for your presence, God, for your Holy Spirit, for your peace, God, to just flood their lives, God, flood their families, whatever they're going through. God, we pray for Pule and Carlos. I pray for the surgeon that will deliver that baby, God. I pray from the anesthetic, God, all the way down to the recovery, God, to the NICU nurses, God, to every single person that will touch that sweet mama and that sweet baby. God, I pray that your protection be all around them, that everything, God, will be perfectly fine. We thank you, God, for healing in Pule's body already, God, for peace over their family, God. And we believe in you, God. We aren't just a church that just stands here and sings that, God. We believe it, God, deep in our soul, God. And we aren't going to let the things that come against us define who we are. So right now, God, we thank you. We just thank you for the miracles that you're going to continue to do, God for your presence continuing to walk with us, God, no matter what we're going through. So Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for meeting us here. We thank you for healing. We thank you for peace, God, when it feels so dark, when it might feel crazy, when it might feel out of our control, God. We thank you that you're with us. In Jesus' name. praise as you're seated.
come up and receive the offering. Good morning. I just want to read a verse that uh, no one ever reads when they take offering, but it's but it's 100% about offering. Um, Matthew 23, 23, Jesus says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have re- rejected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness, those you ought to have done without neglecting the others. On the surface, it looks like he's yelling at them like, okay, you tithe, but you don't do anything else. What he's really doing, he's he's getting on them because standing amongst them, maybe even that day, was the man who gave a teaching on tithing saying, um, if you guys want to go ahead and come up and get started, it won't be long. Um, he taught them, do not over-tithe by means of estimation. And what he meant was, you don't just say, okay, 10 off the top, I'm done, next subject. Um, what he meant was, you don't estimate, you go through, okay, I made this much for my job, I got 10 bucks, birthday money from grandma, I got this, I got this. So you can go through the gifts that God has given you. Because if you just say, oh, I made a thousand bucks, here's a hundred bucks, that's, you're not thankful. You need to go through everything you have because what you have isn't because you're great. I mean, I can say, oh, I make good money, I, I give great tithe, but two decisions from now, I could be in a tent by the river by hundreds of homeless in this state. It's what we have, we have from God, and we need to be mindful of what we have. So when you give, think about, okay, this is 10%, and maybe there's more, maybe there's an offering, because God blessed me with a good job, and he blessed me with this inheritance or this whatever. So we need to always be thankful and mindful um, of what we have, just like our health. If you're healthy today, be thankful. Tomorrow you might not. You're, you're standing next to somebody who's who's not. We need to always be uh, mindful and thankful. Um, that's why he got on the Pharisees for don't just follow the letter of the law. I gave you the law because of this. Every single piece of it is a teaching. Every you tithe, it's a teaching. God doesn't need our money, but it sure helps the church run. But if you give, you can be mindful and thankful for what He gave you. Um, if you guys want to go ahead and pass them out. Lord, help us to always remember nothing we have is from us, from our own power, from our own hardworking, from our own smarts, Lord. We're only alive because you allow us to be, Lord. We can, we're healthy to work because you've allowed us, Lord. You put us here with a purpose, Lord, not our own purpose. We're to follow your will, uh, your word, Lord. Um, help us to be mindful that it's not us. It's not our power. It's not our might, not our strength. It's your power, Lord. Uh, help us to always be mindful of that and always ask what what your will is in our lives, not not what we want to do, Lord. And just bless these offerings as they come in, Lord. Bless the people as they give, Lord. Help them see why they do it and help us as Hill City to use it for for your glory, Lord, in the right direction, not just for because it's cash, Lord, but because it's for your glory. We want to do follow your will with it in Jesus' name. Thank you, guys. At this time, I want to bring up Mark and Julie, and they just want to speak to you quickly. I know you guys prayed for them last week. And I just want them to, to testify. No, I'm just kidding. The, just, this, uh, just to speak to us. All right, Julie. All right. Um, well, as Candice mentioned, uh, we have um, just been super blessed 
this last week. We've been, a lot of you guys were praying for our little girl, and um, we um, got the news on Monday that uh, her current margins is that she doesn't have any cancer, and we are so grateful for that. Um, it was a very, it's hard to be the parent because on one hand, um, you just want everything to be perfect for your for your baby. You don't want them to go through any trials. You don't want them to have to go through the pain of treatment. And um, But then at the other hand, as a Christian, you're just trying very hard to keep your hands open and say, Lord, whatever your will is, we, we will go forward with you. Um, so we're very grateful for um, what happened this week. But I just wanted to share... Um, that's just one miracle that our family received through this whole thing. Um, the miracle of Brooklyn didn't just start four weeks ago when we went to the first doctor's appointment and um, they basically misdiagnosed her a couple times. Um, the miracle with my daughter actually started a year ago. Um, my, my daughter and I had a really rough relationship and um, you kind of think, how can you have a rough relationship with a seven-year-old? And if you were in our house, you would understand. Um, we're just very much alike, and because we're so much alike, we just would kind of hit heads all the time. And um, I would even go to so far as to say that we loved each other deeply, but we didn't always like each other very much. And um, about a year ago, I went on the IF retreat, and on the last night, we were just supposed to write down a person to mentor. And my church leadership mind started thinking of all the women that I should mentor. And there was probably like five or six women that came to my head. But God kept saying like, no, no, you need to mentor your daughter. And I was really um, confused by that because I didn't really know how to mentor a seven-year-old. And, and she and I were not getting along. But I just wrote her name down anyway. And um, it's been beautiful to see the work that God has done in my daughter's life in the last year. She... Um, she actually did a dance last Easter with Jen, and I feel like that was the first time she ever experienced the presence of God. And then after that, she um, got baptized in September, and that was all her decision. She wanted to share about her relationship with Christ. And then um, at Christmas, she wanted to start doing devotions together. And so I bought her a little devotional, and we've been doing that together. And I know that God was preparing um, her for what is to come and what we just went through as a family and what we're still going to go through as a family. And um, so the real miracle, like being cancer-free, is a huge miracle that I am extremely grateful for. But the real miracle for me personally is the relationship with my daughter, that we are stronger now than we ever have been. And that when we were laying in that hospital room, um, I just felt God's presence there, and it was so real and so beautiful, and I'm so thankful that my little eight-year-old daughter now um, sees God differently. He's, she knows he's real, and he has made himself very um, real to her, and um, so I'm just thankful for that. Um, for me, um, I just had... I don't know. There was a lot of people, and I'm so thankful for all of, all of your prayers and just the people who have stepped up and taken care of us. Um, for me, the story obviously was the same, but um, I just had a lot of God's peace throughout the whole thing. Um, just that supernatural peace like I've never had um, before. Like, 
Um, and Julie and I were talking about this last night. I was like, I just knew everything was going to be okay. And she's like, well, what does okay mean? And okay does not mean that we get what we want, right? Oh, I wasn't going to do this. <laughs> um, and a lot of people are asking me like, oh, dude, that must be like so hard to go through that. I'm like, honestly, it, it wasn't that bad. And I don't, I don't want it to like sound like overly confident or anything, but like I just had peace that I couldn't explain except for, for God's peace. Um, and I, I honestly felt when I was saying like, oh, I'm good. Like I'm, I'm honestly really good. Don't get me wrong. I had some moments. Um, but for the most part, I was really good throughout the entire thing. Um, and all I can say is that, it, I don't know. I, f- I felt like I was lying to people when they were like, oh, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm really good. And I just felt like they were probably perceiving me like, you're so full of it. Like, you're just trying to be strong. But like, really, I was really good in those moments. Um, and part of the reason I think I was good is because it's not my story. I, I don't get to be the author of her st- God, Why that? <laughs> I don't get to be the author of her story. Like, I get to be a part of it, and I'm very thankful for that. Um, but it's God's story, and, you know, even if the outcome was not what we hoped for, like, God is still good, right? Like, those miracles, like, the fact that we are all here is a miracle. Like, my my salvation is a miracle as much as Brooklyn being free from cancer at the moment. Like, it's getting worse. <laughs> so with that, I'm going to end. So God is good, and he is always good, and amen. Yeah. Thank you, guys. You did good, Mark. Man, when I found out, I cried like a baby. I cried like a baby. Well, welcome to Hill City. If you're newer, newer, my name is John, and I'm the, the, the teaching pastor here. And we, uh, we prayed for you to be here. We, all, we honestly did. We, we pray for people to be here. I don't know what you are thinking or going through, but our desire for you is that you get connected, a grow in deep relationship with one another, and encounter the Jesus of the Bible. And so together that we can be the light and the life of Jesus in dark and broken places. That is our goal. And that, what that means, that just sounds like metaphoric speaking. That means that we are the light of Jesus. We do what Jesus did. He lives through us in our workplace. He lives through us in our schools. Even more than ever before, if you're going to college or if you're in school, you know that people need some peace there. You're a voice of peace. You're a voice of peace to your neighbors. And what we want to do is we want to represent Christ in our city. We don't want to represent Christ in this room. That's great. We want to represent Christ outside this room. We want to see miracles taking place outside this place because you are a representation. You are a carrier of God's presence and God's love and God's grace and God's truth. And sometimes we need God's grace and God's truth for our lives. We need to be loved and nurtured. And sometimes we need need his truth and his strength like to speak over us, his correction. And wherever you are, I pray that God speaks to you today. That's our goal because faith takes flight as we join in on what God is doing. You can't sit back and say, God, do something. He says, you do something. It's like, no, I want you to do something. All right, go ahead. I'll do something. You do something, right? He'll do something as we are taking flight with him. So today we're excited. We're a part three on our message series called Love Handles, right? 
love handles. And it's a message, uh, we, we were just coming through, and this, this third message that we're speaking, last week spoke about marriage, but this week we're speaking about single focus. Single focus. Did you like that? We're playing on words right there, single focus. Yeah, I did that. All right, thank you, right? And, and this message is, called, is for the singles, but also marrieds, don't tune me out. Don't think it's for them. No, no, we need to learn to invest, to encourage, to serve, and support those who are single. And, 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 and the other way around, those who are single, we're there to encourage and support and, 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 and serve those who are married. And this message is for all of us. So if you have your Bibles or your Bible apps, please turn to 1 Corinthians 7. All right, we, uh, we celebrate the Word of God. We believe it reveals Jesus, and then Jesus changes our lives. And as you guys are turning there, I just want to tell you that 100 years ago in the United States, 90% of adults in the United States were married. Did you guys know that? 90%. So, like, because they got married when they were, like, 15, you know? So everyone was married uh, 100 years ago. Um, And it's interesting because people married young and divorce was super uncommon. And singleness was very, very rare. But as we fast forward 100 years to today, almost half the adults today are single. You guys know that? 45%. And many have never been married or they've been waiting to get married. Others are separated or divorced or widowed. But the picture of the landscape has changed. So we have to speak differently because the picture has changed. And I want to personally apologize to those who are single. I don't think I speak on behalf of singles nearly enough. And I don't validate enough the value of your singleness, how important that is. And, and, and so, and if this is, this is also true in our culture. This is not only true in our church. It's true in our culture. We see tons of books on marriage, right? You, you go to the bookstore. You go to Barnes & Noble. There's just tons of books on marriage, articles of finding the right person, right? You, you, it's so important. You need to find the right person. But there's still, even in our culture today, have, there's still not enough focus on contentment and completeness in our singleness, Fruitful and faithful singleness in our faith, right? Being the right person without looking for the right person. Ooh, I got to come on. See, I like that. Being the right person without looking for the right person. Because the, let, me, let me tell you, the goal of our singleness is not marriage, according to the word of God. The goal of our singleness is not marriage. I believe many people need to change their paradigm on what the Bible speaks about singleness and marriage, especially in the church. Instead of thinking, I'm missing out on something or I need someone to completely complete me, what if we desired to live in the richness of our singleness? If you're single, desiring to live in the richness of where God has you, that there is something greater than marriage. I know, you're like, John, you're just saying that because you've been married, right? You don't know, you don't know, John. You don't know. See, I, I've been married 15 years, right, almost 15 years. We're going to get there. We're getting old. And I, I, was, I was telling Candace this morning, I got three white hairs, Candace. She's like, shut up, <laughs> right? I was like, I got three, I got three. I, I'm getting wise. But I've been, ma- I've been married for a while, and, I'm, and, and, and maybe I've been looking at this wrong, but many of you think, oh, you don't understand. But look, I'm not against marriage. I want people to have godly marriages, fruitful marriages, but I'm also pro 
powerful and courageous singleness in single people. Very pro that. I want God's word to inform our thoughts and not just cultural understandings. So that's why we're going to God's word in 1 Corinthians 7. All right? And if, if you don't believe me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, if you don't believe me that God has more, is uh, singleness, the goal of singleness is not marriage. The goal of singleness is more of God. I'm going to go right here in 1 Corinthians 7, all right? We come face to face with the Apostle Paul, and he is a giant of a man of faith, right? He's just a straight beast, wrote much of the New Testament. He knew God, and God, and he walked it out. He walked out his faith, he, and, and God moved mightily in him. I, I mean, in this room who wants God to move through you right I was I was listening to this one man and he gave a quote and he said God desires to move mightily in people that he trusts but you have to be trustworthy and you gotta you gotta you gotta live in a way in resting in God but God wants to move mightily in you and through you I'm not I'm not kidding you God does want to speak to you. He wants to set you free. But are we trustworthy? Are we desiring that? That God would, if God would bless us with all the blessings that he has to hold for our lives, would we be willing to handle it or would we ruin ourselves, ruin our family, and ruin the people around us? And I, I, I just wonder that because God does. He wants to speak in us and through us. So, uh, so this man, Paul, he's like, I'm all in, man. God, whatever you want to do, I'm there. And, and here, Paul is actually recommending in our walk of faith singleness over marriage. That's right. Paul recommends it. He recommends it. And you're like, boo. No, no, no. This is, this is what he's saying. To be most effective in our faith, he's saying, I think you should be single, but this might perspective, right? This is my thought. This is my, and I'll, I'll, I'll speak to it a little more, but it's very interesting that it goes against our social norms. It, it, it does, and I'm going to read on. 1 Corinthians 7, 1 to 7, all right? I'm going to read right through it, so follow me up there or in, on, on your iPads, your whatever Apple stuff, your Google stuff, and the other stuff, right? Android. It says right here, for uh, now, for the matters of uh, matters you wrote about, he says, it is good. Say, it is good. Oh, Come on, you, when you say it is good, you got to say it like it's good. It is good. It is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. You're like, what? Right? That's right. I'm not talking crazy. He's saying sex is not the main thing. As we have pushed it, culture has pushed it. Sex is the main thing. Sex is the main thing. Oh, God, please don't let me die without getting married, without having to. You know, we say crazy stuff, right? But the Bible saying sex is not the main thing. Verse 2, but since sexual morality is occurring, since you guys are struggling, man, each man should have sexual relationships with his own wife. Say own wife. And each woman with her own husband. Her own husband. All right, verse 3. The husband should fulfill his marital duties to his wife. And likewise, the wife to her husband. Verse 4, the wife does not have authority over her body, but yields it to the husband. He said, no, he didn't, right? right? But in the same way, it says, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his own wife. So she and he chooses to yield their, their wants and their desires to the other. 
and it's mutual submission. The best marriages we have are two people mutually submitted to one another, saying, it. I'm not looking out for my benefit. It's not 50-50. It's 100-100. That's the beauty. That, that's when you find the beauty of marriage. If you want to be offended in marriage, you will, it will not last. If you want your 50%, it just does not work. It never has. It doesn't work that way. That's not how marriage rolls. That's not what covenant is, right? Verse 5, uh, verse five do not deprive each other of uh, whatever, except perhaps by mutual consent for a time so that you may devote yourself to prayer. Candace likes to pray, right? Then they come together again. <laughs> Jab. So... Uh, <laughs> I, I was just saying you're, you're a prayerful woman. <laughs> then, <laughs> I'm going to get booed. <laughs> then they come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control, Candace. Verse 6. Verse 6. I say this as a concession, as not a command. And he's saying this. This is not, this is not a command. This is my opinion. Verse 7. I wish, this is Paul speaking, I wish that all of you were as I. He's saying, I wish you guys were single. But each of you have your own gift from God. One has the gift. Another has that gift. So Paul is crazy, but he says this. Singleness is a gift. It's a gift. Marriage is good, but so is singleness. We need to receive our station in life. I'm going to say that again. You and I, we need to receive and be content with where we are in life, believing that's where God has us, instead of comparing and hoping and wishing for someone else. And, and, and there's good things to go after something, to have goals, but there's an, a way that we compare that is just so destructive and he says we need to receive our station in life where God has us and find contentment that God knows better than us that's what faith is faith is leaning in to God and saying you know what you know better than me I'm gonna trust you you know what I need and if you are single it is a gift of God's grace to you more than you'll ever know you're like that doesn't sound like a gift <laughs> right and I always say this you know what's worse than being single and alone is being married and alone. It's much worse. It is much more crazy and hectic and harmful. So maybe God is saving you from some harm right now. And so at this time, I'm going to bring up a single person to speak to us because it's been a while, like in my life, and I believe he has a better perspective than me. And right now, please welcome Trent as he speaks to us from his station of life, his gift. Hey, good morning, guys. Man, it's been a, an amazing service so far. Just seeing God move in, in Brooklyn and in worship, it's, it's, it's brought me to tears a couple times today. Um, I, I, I appreciate y'all's strength that, that God has given you to be able to stand up and speak from a, a place of weakness and to, to encourage us, because I know there's many of us here that need that encouragement. It is such a hard place to be, um, and and so I, I don't want to I don't want to dwell on that side. There's definitely a lot of a lot of light in 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 singleness and in life, and and that's what I want to focus on today. Is we 
we don't know how much time we have, but we need to use the time that we have. Utilize your current situation, your, your time in life for the glory of God. That's what I want to speak on today. And sometimes uh, singleness can be, can be difficult. It's, it's not something that everybody necessarily wants, and especially in this culture with social media, when you see everybody else's life, you tend to compare and you can get very just down in, in, in the, almost in the dumps. You're like, well, I, I'm, I want somebody as well. I, I don't want to be alone forever. And so that's something that um, I, I want, to reali- want to help you realize is not the case. It's, it is a gift. It's a time to be used by God. So um, there was a time uh, a couple years ago where I had asked this girl out. And I was like, ah, I feel confident in this. I feel good about this. And then she's like, well, I'm dating Jesus. <laughs> I was like, he is way out of your league. <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm like, he fed 5,000 with two loaves of bread or five loaves of bread and two fish. You're ordering Uber Eats and watching Gilmore Girls. Come on. So I'm just like, man, I, I can't catch a break. So uh, a couple months later, she calls me back. And she's like, hey, do you want to go out now? I'm like, you broke up with Jesus? <laughs> he forgives you of everything and has free wine. <laughs> like, come on, you need to call him back. So singleness can definitely be uh, something that, that we try to get out of. But I think it's something we need to utilize where we are and God is going to bring us out of that to the next stage in life, if that's his plan. There's too much time where the single years, whether uh, teenage years, college, your 20s, um, it's just a time to have fun. Like, life will come, and you'll be an adult eventually. Like, you just have fun, party, continue the, that, that college scene. And then, once you meet someone, once you get married, now life will continue. But that's not the case. Right now is a time of preparation for what God has in store. Even if you're married right now, it's the same way. God is preparing you for the next step. But if you're not ready to receive, he's not going to give it. So I want to speak to a verse. If you'll turn to 1 Corinthians seven seventeen, I want to share this with you. Excellent. So it says, let each person... Lead the life the Lord assigned to him and to which God has called him. So your time, your place is right now. It's not five years from now. It's not ten years from now when you have a house, you've paid off your mortgage, you have the job of your dreams, or you got your 401k set aside and now it's time to retire. That's not the goal. I love when John speaks to your life now in the community of others. Like, pick, pick your face up, pick your eyes up, and look at the people around you. How many times do you go into a coffee shop and you're like, yeah, can I get my caramel macchiato with uh, skim milk or coconut milk? And uh, you're reading off your order, and the person behind you is just like, man, will this person ever leave? Like, like maybe they're going through something. Can we ask them how their day's going? That's, I think that's so important because God wants to use you right now. 
So as the Lord has called each one of us, so let him walk. Whatever that station, whether it's singleness, being married. I know some of y'all's situation is, is separation, or uh, maybe you've, you've lost um, a, a loved one, and, and you are, are in, a, in a time where you are searching, and God is the one that's going to come in and meet those needs. So instead of thinking, um, you know, when that next step of life comes, then, then I'll be in, a, in the right spot, think about now. Because everyone's calling is different. You might be missing out on your calling. If you're too focused on what's ahead, you're going to miss what's right in front of you. So, so ask yourself, God, where have you positioned me right now to make a difference? So I think this passage really um, tends to speak to the focus on our lives. Not just, hey, you know, singleness is a gift, but it's that you need to focus on what's in front of you. Because he says marriage is good, but he says, I would wish singleness because then you do not have the distractions of someone else. Your focus is single. It's on one thing. And that should be the way it is even in marriage because when your eyes are fixed on the prize, the person that's beside you is going to continue to go with you. So I love the way that Hill City talks about marriage and how John and the pastors here talk about marriage because they don't sugarcoat it. They're real. And I love that because in, in where I grew up, it just seemed like everybody was trying to fake it. And I'm like, come on, like, it's, it, you're not helping the people that you need to mentor and, and disciple. Be real with them. Use your time. And so something that, that God might be speaking to you right now is, is who can you invest in? I know there's opportunities here in Hill City to volunteer. I, there's, there's opportunities in outreach. Um, maybe, maybe there's a local community center that you can get involved in to help people. Um, especially like in, in singleness, it is so beautiful to give back. But, but maybe as a married couple, there's someone you can mentor or disciple as well. That is, you know what, maybe they are going to be ready for the next step, but they need someone to pour into them. So look at the people around you on someone that you can use your time to help them out. So sometimes we can't always use our time because we are so distracted. This is just a time, a culture, a place of distractions, just where we are at now in, this, this, in the world that we live in, whether that's, that's social media, um, whether that's uh, Netflix, movies. Uh, we, we can't get away from it. Like, it is so hard to just turn my phone off and set it down. Like, my, my work is all on my phone. I, the, the, the people that I work with, the customers that I have, if I don't have my phone, I might, I might lose a deal. I might not make the money, the commission that I need. Um, and so I'm like, I'm constantly on it. I'm constantly working with people. But sometimes I can forget the focus that God has me in that place for a reason. And so um, it's also true in the relationships that we have. If we are so focused on the other person that we forget what God wants to do in our lives, we can miss the goal. We can miss the target that, 
that we might have set out. I love, like as kids, we dream, we have visions, things we want to accomplish. And then, and then we grow up and we're like, oh, there's, there's other things that I can do and try out. Oh, there's, oh, I have, I'm, I'm dating now. And there's, there's someone I want to spend all my time with. And you're in like that uh, honeymoon phase and you're just like hanging on each other. And all you do is spend time with one another. And like your, your buddy calls you up and he's like, hey, I haven't seen you in like three weeks. Where are you at? You're like you totally forget about other people. And we, we can forget about God sometimes too. So moving to chapter 7, verse 32 in Corinthians, Paul says, I want you to be free from anxieties. That's not how I picture marriage, but that's what he says. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. They're split in two. Because God says, follow me, and someone else is saying, follow me too, and now you have to make a decision. But it should be, follow God, and that other person will be there as well. And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. I mean, let that sink in for a second. I I think that we get so distracted, we live in a culture of idolatry. I I know I do. One One of my favorite songs... Um, that, that really spoke to me in, in high school and growing up, uh, I'd say probably that 17, 18, junior, senior year, especially when like I, I wanted to do all these things and I had all these priorities, things I wanted to try out. Um, uh, this song by, by Jimmy Needham that he kind of uh, made famous called Clear the Stage. He talks about the idols in our lives need to be set aside so that you can focus on Christ. And, and I think that comes into times of just being quiet and still. It is so hard to turn your phone off, but turn your phone off. Go in to maybe outside, or I, I mean, I go for a walk sometimes. I think it's so amazing to be in the mountains, just looking upon the glory of God, and you can experience that, and you know what it means to have your devotion undivided because you've set those distractions aside. But there's a time to spend that undivided attention and then use that to make a difference where you're at. So I, I see, like, my goals and, and what I'm wanting to do. And, and when he talks about having your attention divided and, and distractions in marriage, man, you're always focusing on finding the right person. And then when you find the right person, you got to prepare for a wedding a buddy of mine just got married, and for months, they're trying to plan it out. They're, like, trying to figure out the people they're going to invite, the food they're going to have, all the decorations, um, the people that can't come. And uh, it's, like, it's, I was, like, man, my mind's going to explode. I, I'm not ready for this. Um, but then what's the next step? What comes after that after you get married? Like, well, 
you, you're focused on each other, and since you're focused on each other, you have kids, right? And then after kids, you're focused on your kids. You got to help them grow up, and so you want to have the, the best place for them to grow up, and so you want to get a house. You want to have the best job possible, and then, well, now that you got to help them get to college, you got to help pay for college, and then you're, they have kids at some point. And so at what point are you looking at this as a time of ministry and opportunity? I love the way Francis Chan puts it. Um, he, he talks about marriage and life in light of eternity, not marriage and life in light of what's going on right now. So if we can turn our perspective eternal, then what's going on right now is going to be fruitful. It's, we're going to have joy in every situation. So this brings me back to, I think, our hardest struggle and a challenge I want all of you to take upon yourself is stop comparing yourselves to others. Don't compare yourself to somebody on social media or maybe it's someone at your work or, or school or hobby. You're like, oh, they have it all together. Everything's okay. Man, why can't I be like them? Why, why, can't, I, why, why can't our marriage be as good as their marriage? Or you just, kind of, you just kind of start wallowing in yourself. Stop comparing yourselves to others and stop comparing, start comparing yourself to what Jesus has said, what the, the disciples, what these letters are speaking to you. That's where we need to compare ourselves. That's where we're going to find truth for our life. Because when you compare to some, yourself to someone that's perfect, you're always going to fall short. And so, if you can realize that, you're like, hey, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to stumble. I'm going to fall. But in light of that, I love what Bobby and Christina said last week. Get out of the boat. Walk towards Jesus. He's already called us. All you got to do is, is fix your eyes. Don't look at the wind. Don't look at the waves. And just walk. But when did Peter fall? He took his eyes off Jesus. So stop trying to put a facade on. Stop trying to trick people that everything's okay, that life is okay, that you're not going through anything. You're going to figure it out because there's times where you're not. Just sometimes you just got to relinquish control. And just that's what I love about this church is it's a family like, like John is our lead teaching pastor, and, and we're part of the Hill City family. And just be real with one another. That's what's going to, I think, encourage you to, to pursue God in a, in a more authentic and real way. So lastly, what, what I just want to kind of speak towards is, is what that preparation looks like. Um, I don't know how many of you guys are big Winter Olympic fans. I, I really am. I love sports. Um, I, I love seeing these athletes compete at such a high level. Um, I mean, you got you got Sean White. He's in his and he's in his 30s now, and he's going 20 feet above a half pipe. He's doing tricks that are unnatural, and he, he gets a gold medal. Um, but then I, I see other sports like like curling, <laughs> and I'm like. I got I got a couple of people here at church. We probably pre, be pretty good at sweeping, and <laughs> I think we could compete in this. 
don't know. Candace, how good is John at sweeping? <laughs> so, um, but, but they have to train. They have to prepare. You do not become an Olympic athlete overnight. Uh, you talk to anybody that is competing at a high level sports, um, I mean, uh, bodybuilding, CrossFit, um, whatever that looks like, or even some, some other passion, whether that's writing or singing or a musical instrument, there are things that you have to do to get to that next level, to be competent, to be successful, and to, in, in order for that to be, to be almost beautiful, you have to prepare. And so your preparation is not going to happen overnight. So we need to focus on practical, disciplined living every day. What does that look like in your life? Maybe that's, that's waking up a little bit earlier. Maybe that's, that's reading your Bible more diligently. Maybe that's, you know, maybe you, you got to get to work at that time. But maybe it's spending an extra half hour at night alone with God, saying, God, you know what, where can I be used in my job? Where can, can I be used in my kids' lives better? What about my kids' friends? You know, they don't have a role model to look to. How can I help there? And so, so a quote by an entrepreneur named Darren Hardy, he says, small, seemingly inconsistent steps completed consistently over time will create a radical difference. Where is the radical difference that you're going to make this next week? What small steps are you going to take to make that difference in the lives of the people in your work and the people around you? That's, that's my biggest ministry is, is the people at work. I'm there so much, but if I can be an example and a light and be so real with people and that when they go and they struggle with something, or they are in a time of, of desperation, and they are searching, how can I be there to help them out? So, so pick up your eyes to look at the people around you, and some, maybe you're going to have to ask, hey, is there something that, that's on your, on your mind? Can I, can I pray for you about something? Can we talk about something? Can we go out and grab coffee? Take some time out of your schedule to pour into other people not just pour into yourself. So finally, the last part is seek God. Use your time to seek God because redemption starts now. If, if, you're, if you're struggling with something, you feel like you've been away from God, if you feel like, you know, you know God, we've been distant, salvation starts now and continues because eternity starts when God meets you right now. So just think for a moment of that, that moment for some of you when you accepted Christ into your heart, what that was like, what that salvation moment was for you. Because that's something, Jesus says that, that our testimony is powerful. We need to remember where we were and where God has taken us to and where he's going to continue to take us to. 
So remember where you were and when God has already brought you. And if you're, if you're in that time and you're like, you know, I, I, I need God. I need God to take me out of this situation. I need God to meet me here and walk with me through the valley. Don't be afraid to ask. He's, God says, I stand at the door and knock. All you got to do is open the door. We want God's kingdom, heaven, to be here now. We want to be a light to the people around us. And we can't do that if we don't have our focus right. So this week, take a moment, take just a second, some time to seek God and say, God, help me align my focus correctly. Because I don't know, I don't know if, if I have my, my calling, my purpose right. I don't know what that life is that you are assigning to me. So God, speak to me in that. Just, just spend some time and God's going God's gonna to speak to you. He says he's going to speak if you, if you pursue so just pursue him this week. Give some undivided attention to God. Let some of those other distractions fall by the wayside. It's so hard because we get stressed out. We get tired and it's easy to slip back into the old ways. But, but take some small steps to keep your focus undivided. So just bow your heads and pray with me today. God, we want to know you on a more intimate level. Adam and Eve, they walked in the garden with you, and it was so beautiful. But God, it's because of sin that they were separated. So God, you sent such a a perfect gift, a sacrifice to take that sin away so that we are made right, made new the way it was supposed to be. So God, if there's sin that's in our life right now, God, we... We place that on the altar of our life right now, God, saying, this is me no longer. This is something I'm giving to you. Take this away, and may your spirit fill that void that we want to fill with sin. So, God, give us strength in our day-to-day walk that we would seek you in a, in a more passionate and zealous way and that when we slip up God we know you're there so reach out your hand to pick us up so that we can continue and Lord I just ask that your spirit would go before every single one of these family members of Hill City God to take that next step to seeing where you're wanting to take us by focusing on you right now so Lord we love you We thank you for all that you're doing in this church and what you're going to do. Amen. Man, give Trent a hand. Singleness is your gift right now as we, as we, as you.
take that and say, God, I want to do whatever, where, whatever you have. If I'm married, single, wherever you are, use that station, that moment in life for the glory of God, and you will not regret it. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Get to know one another. If you, you are new to faith and you've given your life to Christ and you need to talk, I'm right up here. and We can talk, and I would love to speak to you. And, uh, but get to know one another. Go to the IF conference. If you're a lady and you need uh, to get connected, there's a conference coming up in, what's the date? March 16th and 17th. It's in town, so it's perfect. Please go. I think it's life-changing. It, they don't allow me to go, but I heard it's good. But God bless you, and I'll see you next week. God bless you guys.